Let me, let me ask you a question. Shoot. I, th- I think this was a question. It was about our environment. How do you feel about global warming? It's definitely a thing. No, no, but how do you feel about it? Oh, it sucks. <laughs> it's like, I mean, this this fall alone, it's been, it's still like 70 degrees now. I, it's, it's, it's obviously warm, right? Gross and humid. I, I gotta say... I gotta say something slightly controversial in that some ways I fucking love the idea of global warming. Uh, no, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Completely selfish. I am not throwing trash on the floor or anything like that. I like the idea of being warm. Not the idea of being warm. I like being warm. I hate the cold. That said, that said, global warming is the worst. And you and I had this conversation either on, on another episode or or just, just talking as friends as we do. But like... Do you like like actual seasons in New York or in the East Coast where seasons exist used to be amazing. Like having a proper summer, winter, fall, and oh, spring. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember the last white Christmas we've had. And I'm pretty I, yeah, sure I'm, I'm pretty sure. sure we got snow in April this year. We had snow during like after quarantine started. We had snow, but like yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's not wild. okay. Just so you know, the last white Christmas. Oh wait, hold on. I thought I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I hit. I was searching for it, and then I thought it would instantly show me the answer, and it did not. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I feel like winters are just getting pushed later, and they're just gonna get lighter and lighter. Listen, I mean, if we if we truly think about it, is it a bad thing? I mean, and I know the answer is yes. I know the answer is yes. <laughs> and again, just to reiterate, me loving global warming is a bit of a joke. I just you heard it here first. Trey love. <laughs> Like globally, is it a bad thing if winter shifts? If it sticks within its three, four months, like right, like the, it, like each season has, like mm-hmm. if the seasons actually shifted as a whole, so winter is became like April, May, June. Yeah, would that be bad? I think I think that would be like catastrophic. No, <laughs> no, I, I tr- no, I really don't know. I mean, like, I uh, I, I'm so sorry that I did not mean to put you on the spot. Like I feel that. like it would mess up <laughs> farming at the very least. Animals would probably be screwed up but when they just adapt to i listen i again i don't know why i posed this question the reason why i did is because we're talking about this movie but uh, listen this is required watching where we watch the essential films from the list of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward i've spent three and a half minutes talking about the global crisis around the world not knowing much about it now we're going to turn our attentions over to the 2012 film *Beasts of the Southern Wild*, directed by I could only say Ben Ben, is, but it was a Court 13 film, which I believe is him and his collective, starring Quinzen A. Wallace as Hush Puppy and Dwight Henry as Wink, as our two leads. Or you know, Hush Puppy was our was our main lead, was our was our protagonist, but she was the film. Listen, Dan, I, I got to tell you, I remember watching this movie twice. It's only eight years old mm-hmm. i watched this movie twice the first time was about it had to be 2012 if it if it was a wide release in 2012 i had to watch it around then and i fell asleep during it <laughs> i was tired listen i was tired it had nothing to do with the film it was all on me like i i had just had a rough day and i was really cozy in like an amc or wherever i was and i fell asleep oh and, and i said theaters. man i missed that 
Yo, it was amazing, especially when you didn't have to pay for movies, like when you did like oh, movie pass. Or, nothing was more exciting than going into a movie and being like, "I'm, you know what? I don't care about this movie this much. I'm just gonna sleep." Yeah, it was like spur of the moment too. You're just like, "Oh, there's a movie theater. Let me see what's playing." Yeah, and you'd be vaguely interested in that movie, and then somehow a little nap came through. That's happened to me on more than one occasion. But but like this was a movie I actually gone to see on purpose. Everyone was talking about it. I knew people were talking about it. Like won awards at festivals. I had done so well. I fell asleep, and I was like, "No, not happening. I'm going to actually pay for this." Well, I probably like a movie past it because it's 2012. I'm going to movie past it and watch it again, and I did. And I remember not enjoying it. I rem- it was an occasion in which I was like, "Everyone's talking about this movie, and yet I don't see the hype." And I watched it this time around, and I have similar similar feelings. Mm. But but I I wholly enjoyed it a lot more. I, I do have similar feelings. I, 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 those feelings feel the same way because I just remember the praise of this movie being so high that my expectations were so high and I didn't get it. Like it's a it's a me thing. I'm not saying a movie was bad. I'm saying it was a me thing of just not getting the esteem of this film. But watching it this time around, I was like, oh, I. I get, I get what the filmmakers were doing. I understand the genius of 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 Hush Puppy and Wink, and you know those actors who, honestly, just really embodied these roles as if it was something they inhabited every single day. And listen, I, I don't know the the background of a lot of these these other actors, but I know I know a lot of them weren't playing these characters in everyday life. So I, I really do appreciate the the struggle that they went through to to make this happen. So yeah, I, I went through it with, with kind of different eyes and it, it certainly changed my opinion on what I thought, what I thought this film was, you know, eight years ago to, mm-hmm. to what I saw it as now. And I think, I think, you know, even that, that short term eight years is a prime example about why I, I like why this podcast exists and why we are looking at films that even, you know, a few years ago we would have thought differently about. How about yeah, you? It definitely was very hyped. Like that's why I chose it. Cause I think it won won something at CanCon, the camera door. Sure. I can't speak French. Um, I I remember remember reading that like Obama, it was like Obama's favorite movie of that year. Yeah. And I got all this praise. And I wonder if that was mostly just because it was a movie with non-actors. Of course. And, And not to be dismissive, but the bar is set lower, maybe. I mean, I I still liked it. It was very sweet. Like it's very charming. That little girl. Wow, she was such a good actress. Like fantastic. Uh, like, re- like really good. Like perfectly encapsulates the joy of being a little kid and just like seeing fucked up reality through a little kid's eyes and trying to make sense of it it was like devastating at times and really, really joyful at times. It, it, it was. And I realized I haven't explained what the film is about. It's, you know, faced with both her hot tempered father's fading health and the melting ice caps that flood her ramshackle bayou community and unleash ink Eurox, Eurox, I'm not sure. Uh, Six year old hush puppy must learn the ways of courage and love. And, I think when I first watched this, Dan, I was a bit dismissive of the community that, you know, that is portrayed. 
Mm, um, the bayou fishing community. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like you know, these these people who are essentially like I'm living off the grid. I am not. I am not going to be a part of the system. I think very that, like, very intentional. And there, like, there's a line that's something like, uh, I'm completely misquoting, but it's like Hushabi says something like they like to lock they like to lock, lock babies in cages or something like that. It's it's something where she's just referring to like a crib. Mm. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's just out burning down trailers and everything else. Oh yeah, and she's got her own home. She's got her own. She's a homeowner. <laughs> well, she was because she burns it down immediately. <laughs> Cooking but the, glue, glue and cat food was it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, disgusting. Uh, but I, but I, I did I did watch this and I was like, oh my, like I do, I I don't get it. I don't understand what this means because you know, like it, I think it's easy to think about those people who want to live off the grid. You know, the, from like from like the people who are like the aliens are coming to you know, technology is after us. I've never I've, I've never met anyone who's just like society is just out for us and not for us. So we are going to live in this 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 place that could easily be washed away to have our freedom and then i i just thought about what we the things that we are i guess entangled with today like our like you know like i said our our technology our the, the idea that we're, we're, we are ruining the world like we are actively ruining worlds i don't think there's anyone who's has a zero percents you know output of, of anything that means that they aren't contributing to the the waste of this earth and i was like yeah like yeah like, if, if i saw a way if i saw a way to live my life the best way i possibly could without being destructive to anyone else i would do that i mean it's like you know true it, freedom right like even when the storm comes the dad says something wink he says something along the lines like i got this under control like it's a it's a hurricane. You do not have it's it. A, it's it's a, it is a massive <laughs> a tropical hurricane. storm, and you live in the Louisiana Bayou. You one hundred percent don't have this under control. But it's that feeling of like if I go out, I want I want it to be on my own terms. I don't want to be subject to other people. I don't even want to be subject to nature, really. Right. Like the all the the people in this community who stayed during the hurricane, they're just like. Yep, or whatever. I'll just get shit faced and wake up tomorrow. But like that, I, I I do find I do find it interesting when I watch reality shows or or documentaries or anything like that. When I can see people living the most simple of lives and being completely happy, being being completely unencumbered by the things that I personally like, I struggle with. I struggle mm-hmm. with like like I was watching something earlier and I was like, oh, like chill, like. Uh, sorry let me take a step back quarantine hasn't been so bad for me personally because i like to stay in i have my computer i have Mm -hmm. i have access to all the things that make me comfortable and i was watching something earlier and i was like oh i I, you know kind of like thinking to myself if if i had to go to jail that wouldn't be that bad but then i was like oh wait no no i don't have the things that comfort me like like my internet or you know my computer screen or whatever it is a lot of other people there (laughs) <laughs> tons of people too many people too, too many, many people. honestly but yeah I, I i i do find myself enamored with like I, and i not at all mean this in a, in a in a negative way but like just simple people people who are just like i'm just gonna fucking use my 
my four ingredients to make some bread and it'll be the highlight of my day. Mm. I love when I talk to people and they're like, you said something really nice to me and it's like the best thing to have happened to me today. Because I, I, when, I, when I believe them and believe that that's true, I am just jealous. I, I, I'm honored, right? But You're I'm like, also jealous. That's all of it took. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, man, I am going to be completely unhappy today unless like the barista has my two shot. I don't know what the hell. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I find myself, I, I find myself. We're spoiled. We got like, we got we are spoiled. so spoiled. And I find myself not living in the moment. And that's more of a conversation for my therapist. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I, yeah, there's something about it that I was just like, I fuck with this. And once that clicked in my head, I, I was, I was on board. I was on board with almost anything that would happen because I realized that there is no bad guy. And I think Hush Puppy's dad is, is, meant to be seen as something that's holding her down because she's five years old and like our parents are the things that hold us down right and like he's not like he's not a grade a parent of course but he's doing the absolute best that he can and he's dealing with unnamed illnesses and issues did we ever find out what was wrong with him i don't think so i have some blood disorder my my blood is eating itself that's correct yeah, and I, yeah, I just thought, I just thought it was interesting. I, I'm blabbing, Dan. I apologize. It, it reminded me of I never saw this movie, but I remember seeing the trailers constantly. It was a 2018 movie called Leave No Trace. That oh, was yeah, yeah. a father, like a, a military vet, who was living in the woods with his daughter, and then they get taken into the system because you're not supposed to live in the woods with. I guess you're not supposed to live in the woods, but especially not with a child. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the rules on that. But it reminded me of that, which is just what I was drawn to was because he wasn't malicious at all. No, and, not really. And it's like a, obviously a very different way of life than what you and I are used to. But their their sense of community and like holding each other and the way that they're like the shots of them teaching the kids and they're saying stuff like take care of people who are smaller and sweeter than you. And like, yeah, like do your part. It was very, I don't know. It was very sweet. While at the same time, kind of borderline irresponsible. <laughs> you know? No, it was mo- like the fact that she was able to, to burn her house down can only be described as irresponsible. But at the same time, for a five-year-old, she's, she was like probably the, one of the most responsible five-year-olds in all of the world. And oh, she was tough. Well, you know, <laughs> She, she. Well, first of all, she was tough, but also homegirl had muscles. I've never seen a child so muscly. I love the after the storm when they're <laughs> eating all the crabs, and they're <laughs> the guy is teaching her how to open it with a knife, and her dad's like, "No, nah, fuck that!" Absolutely hilarious. Let me ask you, I, I, I don't know how I feel about saying this, but I'll say it anyway. So I got a recommendation to watch. Anyways, I'll, I'll talk about this later. Long and short end of it is the fantasy sequences in this were, you know, a bit of surrealism that I actually enjoy. I, I don't know how much I enjoyed it in this film, but I enjoy a bit of surrealism, right? Because when we talk about regular life, I feel like there's always a bit of aspects that seem surreal to begin with. Like in our regular day-to-day, day-to-day life, we're like, wait, did that just happen? So there are moments where I, I really enjoy it. Like I'm actually convinced that the whole trip towards the end with the other girls notice they're all girls i'm not sure i'm not sure if that was i mean of course it was intentional but 
I'm just not recalling any of the children being boys in the, the beginning of the film. Mm. But but the group of girls who end up going out to the sea and you know going to this like floating strip club, go go club, whatever it is. Like I'm convinced that's all. That's all a surreal fantasy of hers and not real. Oh really? Oh, I take that as at face value. No, no, it it probably was. It, like, it probably was. I, I also took it at face value, but I also think it would be interesting if it wasn't, if it was something that was kind yeah. of just in her head. So the, I, um, I, I love me some magical realism too. Like I love when, like Pan's Labyrinth, just one of yeah. my top movies. Love it. Can't get enough of it. I had a much higher expectation of how fantasy this movie would be. Yeah. And when I got those scenes with those, what are those animals called? When we first start to see them like melting out of the ice and it's like this foreboding, like you know they're going to come to the bayou. Yeah. I was pretty disappointed. Like that was probably my biggest, my biggest fault with the movie was, I don't know, it seemed like forced and... I think there was just like not enough of it for me to really understand why or really see the the value in the magical realism because it could, it would have been a great drama just like with no weird fantasy elements like just I, I, I these agree. people living in the bayou trying to withstand weather and health things and all these obstacles that are thrown at them just trying to live their lives in freedom but to add this fantasy element i don't know it just seemed unnecessary i i completely agree i don't think it necessarily added anything to any of it and i think i think we're dealing with a lot of things in the film that already feel far-fetched to the average person right like like in what world i listen it happens i'm not saying it doesn't happen but i think we have to put a lot of belief to the side when we see this yeah, it's not it's not the, the normal it's not the average right and and I think this is why my mind is like, oh, all of that was a complete setup for this for this payoff of this girl having this like you know imagine uh, imaginary thought of going out venturing to the sea yeah. and and finding her mother and coming back and giving her father fried crocodile or alligator or whatever it was. Also, because um, alligator and crocodile are different. Yeah. Oh, are they? Oh yeah. I guess yeah, they are. They are. I don't know why. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? You didn't tell me sharks and dolphins are different. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like it was a cool shot that payoff of her with the these these big prehistoric animals bowing down to her. But it, it was like that was that's that felt like that was the only reason they were even there. That lady's cool tattoo. Oh yeah, wait. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah. Which 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 came first? Uh, <laughs> I feel like she went um, to the director. She's like, "Hey, I have this tattoo. You want to work that into the script now?" And he was like, "Sure." I could have done without it, and I think it took up it took up a lot of time and space in a place where we had more urgent things going on. And I yeah. felt like it can't. It like also yeah, just during the movie, it was just like, "Oh, now we're having this really tense moment, and all of a sudden, I got to see this this animal flip down a stream." I, I don't care. I don't care because I know that this isn't real. And yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know what I felt when I first watched the film. If I thought, you know, this is just going to play into like the real world. And all of a sudden there's going to be these giant animals, pig like animals there. Yeah. I feel like um, if, 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 if it was there, it should have been much more prevalent, like have them actually 
run through civilization and have them break them out of the thing, like have it become yeah. an actual like fantasy adventure or just not have it at all. Cause like you said, there's already elements that are pretty fantastical. I mean, her talking to her mom and her mom responding from nowhere. Fantastic. Like there's scenes where I, she, I her mom great. responds to her and I was like, Oh my God, more of that, please. Like yeah, when, yeah, when she's no, in her true. house and she's cooking, she, her mom responds to her and she starts, she says like, yeah. what are you doing? Hush puppy. Or her mom shooting the alligator in that flashback. Uh, great. <laughs> shooting an alligator would be so sexy. And it was sexy and dirty. Uh, sexy very, and dirty. very dirty. Best combination. I I, I, com- I completely agree with you. And I am, in, uh, again, I am in no way taking away from the accolades of this film. I, I completely understand it. I, I love that Obama loves this film and Oprah loves this film so much. I, I heard about this film so much that when I when we decided to rewatch it, I was like, "Oh yeah, the Ava DuVernay film," because because <laughs> even even now I'm like, "Oh yeah, like it's regarded so high. It has to come from like this well regarded director of color." And of course, that's incorrect. But yeah, it's just the bar is still set so high in my head for it, and that's that is okay because look, listen, like Paris, Texas, which we talked about, has had the same accolades, and I I, I really do enjoy that film. But guess what? If I, I, there's another side of me that's like this film is too slow. This film is it was so is, slow. There yeah, was one this, point like, where this film I is being too much. Like the first twenty minutes, we could have sped through in five. Like one hundred percent, one hundred percent. All all of this to say that I, I don't want to shit on a movie just to shit on a movie because I do think it's great. I, I screw up her name every time I say it, so I can only apologize. So she was in. I watched Blackish on ABC, who mm-hmm. which is created by Kenya Barris, who I thoroughly enjoy. And she had like, I don't know, she was on there for like a season, like a little, maybe half. She had a whole arc on the show. And I did not realize that until I was looking, doing research for this. She has grown up so much. It looks obviously different. Like she looks different from, you know, she's 17, 18 now. She looks different from her five-year-old self, obviously. But my, oh my, I, like this girl needs more chances, and I think that it's I think it's a bit wild, by the way, that this goes from her doing this to Black Annie. I call it Black Annie, just to be different from you know the the Annie that I also grew up with. To go from that to this, I think is crazy. Also, I just looked at how many awards she was nominated for this, and it's outstanding. <laughs> how many? Like Do you know how many off the top Thirty of something, thirty maybe forty awards. It looks right, like listen, half, half, more than half of them won, and the rest just nominated. I can't be. You look at her IMDb, and she does not have anything on her on her. And we're going through a pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. But she doesn't have anything after 2020 on it. She was on some show called Swagger. And I don't know it, and that's it. Like I feel like I feel like her parents are like, nope, go to school. Yeah. Maybe she's like, acting is okay. I don't know. I, I find it interesting because on different podcasts and other people that I talk to are often like, who are the people of color actors that we can point to that are like stars that are like the Jennifer Lawrence? Like what what person of color Jennifer like movie stars do we right. have? And I, I don't mean we as in black people, I mean like just other people of color. Mm. Because I, I think we're really keen on, I think we're really keen on making well, n- not surprising here, like just white women and white men, huge movie stars without really considering the other people. Like if like if this was Halo, like if this movie was 
starring Haley Joel Osment back in the 90s, <laughs> Haley Joel Osment would still be Haley Joel Osment. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. would be like a thing where he, like, we would recreate everything just to make sure that this kid is still working. Mm. But, you know, except like accolades and awards don't always translate to audiences showing up for you, as is, you know, as is the deal. Godot gets casted as Cleopatra. How do I feel about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I struggle. I do struggle. I, sh- I I struggle. I struggle with a lot of things. I mean, listen, I've been doing a lot of writing lately, and I've I've I often, but like when I started writing, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really identify who's who, like like if someone's black or white or what their ethnicity is or this side and the other. And I feel very differently now, where I am actively saying that this is a person of color. I mean, I know exactly who this person i have in mind is but i go no no, no this is a person of color mm-hmm. and i make sure to add details that like oh no like a white person cannot do this this yeah. role mainly because i'm like fuck like yeah okay we'll talk about off mic because I'll, I'll get real hot i get real hot i'm trying to find my bit of trivia which was given to me by by our good friends at imdb who's not sponsoring the show i don't know why this is the, <laughs> why i said they're good friends but we're not opposed um, to a sponsorship not even a little bit so dwight henry who plays wink was the owner of a bakery in in I guess New Orleans or or Louisiana or wherever they they shot this, and they put a casting flyer in his bakery, and then they invited him to eventually come and audition. And I don't I don't know what happened during the audition where they didn't get phone, like his phone number or email or anything like that. But then they all went they went back to to his bakery to try <laughs> to get him to do a callback, and he was not around because the bakery had moved. They eventually tracked him down, and then he like just denied. Like he was like, "No, I'm more, much more focused on trying to, you know, get my new bakery up and running." And apparently, everyone involved with the film at the time went to his bakery to like kind of plead with him to to come do it. Then like, his bakery, and it looks delicious. It's What's called, it called? It's called the Buttermilk Drop Bakery and Cafe oh. in New Orleans. Shout out I'm looking to Dwight. It looks really If this were different times, we'd be all over it. Hell yeah. I'm into this. But, you know, like this started his career. I was convinced, Dan, that I saw this guy and other stuff before this. Convinced of it. And I didn't. No. I mean, I, you have he, sense. He, I have sense, yeah. But I was just convinced. Right, he was—he's in the uh, the Marvin Gaye movie. Oh yeah, right on. He plays Marvin Gaye Senior. Oh wow, gonna be a big role. Uh, hell yeah, it's gonna be a fantastic role. Listen, Dan, I I don't really have much else for this movie, so I'll I'll, yeah. I'll defer to you if you have anything on your, I, um, on your notes. No, the only thing I I've uh, there's a few U.S. cities that I've always wanted to travel to. New Orleans being one, <laughs> okay, and. Yep. I know this isn't technically New Orleans. It's more down Louisiana a bit. But looking at the pictures of the towns that they used for actual shooting and the towns that this is based on, because the bathtub is a fictional community, but it's based on actual fishing communities down there. They have been devastated. Like I was looking at before and after pictures from... The 1920s, 1950s, 1980s, and today, and yeah. it's like 95 percent gone. Wow, it's like outright, and and partially, mostly because of rising waters, also because of oil drilling and devastation to the 
to the ecosystem, but it really adds a sense of like, there's definitely joy in this movie, but there's a strong overbearing sense of sadness. Just that like, whether they chose to live down there or not, it's just the fact that it's a ticking. There's a, there's a ticking clock for, for communities like that. And for that entire yeah, region, I mean, it, really. it's sad. It's it's really it's really sad, and not to bring it back, and not to bring it back on on to our earlier conversation on, on a down note. But I mean, I, I do think it's sad. We have to deal with just global warming in general. Really, I I, I do think it's sad. I, I don't. I, I I coming from a place now of understanding what it's like. Not not what it's like, but understanding. Listen, I never want to like have firsthand knowledge of what it's like to be in one of those fishing towns and have a hurricane come through. But I understand what it's like to want to separate yourself and live your own life and not do any harm to anybody, but, you know, just keep it moving. And look, the way they choose to live their life is the way they choose to live their life. But I do think it's sad that, you know, the, the, the likelihood of people dying from those, from, you know, those situations, from those situations alone, let alone what happens when hurricanes or storms hit land mm. is insane it's like that's right about about now i remember when katrina hit oh man like I, I i'm just making it really sad now but it was around this time that katrina hit no it was like fall yeah i mean it's just, it, yeah, it was yeah. Hurricane season. just just terrible i lived in florida for a bit of time and it, it was it was certainly my like even when i lived in california i was like oh every day i was like no 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 earthquake no earthquake no earthquake <laughs> uh in florida i was like please no storms no hurricanes no hurricanes yeah, it's sad. It's 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 absolutely sad. And I, I also have I was gonna consider I was considering having my bachelor party in uh, New Orleans, but just mainly to eat food more than anything Ooh. else. Yeah, I just I just knew I couldn't I, I just couldn't get everyone out to to New Orleans. That's that's oh. I know you would have gone bachelor party. Uh, I mean, it's on the table. We need this whole Corona thing to let up. Oh no, I don't think I had anything else. But you know, if we go down to New Orleans, we gotta stop by the Buttermilk Drop Bakery. I mean, they look incredible. Listen, if anybody is listening from the butter buttermilk drop, send 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 us some some food. That's all I got to say. Or if anyone <laughs> down in New Orleans, it it looks like they're open, so go support that small business. You know what? True story. Damn, they look good. They look so good. It's in the seventh ward. Hit him up, Beyonce. <laughs> Listen, let's wrap it up. Okay. Uh, I'll let you go first. All right. I think. Now nah, go first. Now nah, go okay. first. Now nah, you go first. Now nah, you go first. Let's go at the same time. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I think. Uh, no, you can go. As charming as this movie was, and as heart string wrenching as the relationship with Wink and Hush Puppy was, and as impressive as the performances from the entire cast really of even the ones who are actors now having this be their first movie their first role thoroughly impressive very touching i don't think it's required it's a it's a nice movie it's a sweet movie there are elements that are really beautiful but i think the pacing is a little slow and it i don't know it just it feels like it was trying to do a lot and it didn't need to do that much. Yeah. I agree with you. 
No, I, I agree with you. I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, it's it's no shock. I essentially said I fell asleep during the beginning of this. I <laughs> mean, like, I fell asleep. What a I've ever had in my life. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I mean, listen. I, I, again, I agree with you. I do think, I do think it was a bit slow. I think for me, my expectations just weren't met. But I, but that again is in no way to say that the accolades or the performances weren't great. I think absolutely, like. Quinvanzene, I'm screwing up her name and I can only apologize, but, but her and, and, and Dwight Henry did incredible jobs. Like I, mm-hmm. I honestly don't know how else to explain. Like I feel like I feel like being in that if you told me they weren't actors, but they were just like daughter like father and daughter just doing this movie and they were found, I'd believe you. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? That's a listen, we can all learn something from all films, but I, I just don't think that this is something that you need to pick up and, and do a hard like uh, case study on, despite despite its its many awards and, and accolades. Which is which is which is okay. It's okay. You know, we, we we have some hits and we have some misses here. I I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know why I feel so reluctant to say that this is not required as opposed to some of the other movies that we that we both agree aren't required. But I, I do feel as though uh this movie was made with one and a half million dollars, by the way. Another interesting fact, which is cheap these days. I mean, try it. if every movie was required, we wouldn't we wouldn't have the time. We would we would not we would not, and we'd be out of a podcast, <laughs> or it should be required watching. Here are the movies yes. that you already <laughs> yeah, know are required. Shorter, my guy. It's been fun. I'm really excited to get into our next batch of movies. They're heavy yeah, hitters. I'm, I'm, this next batch. We, we do have some heavy hitters that I reckon will be regular, you know, relatively controversial based on, you know, possibly based on our opinions of, of them. But it'll be good. That's it, my man. I'll see you next week. All right. Later. Later, Gator. <laughs>